and this is our, so this is, I mean, at this point, we're recording our 14th, and we've published 11. We have published since the last time we recorded. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Also, it was a freaking nightmare. (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) Because, A, we left our sound edits till um, the week we decided to publish, so... Or maybe the week before. That wasn't a great idea. Um, the page did it. I did all the sound edits. I was pretty much absentee last week. I tried my yeah. best, but my sister graduated with family in town. Um, so there was a lot of forced, constant activity. Mm-hmm. Michelle was busy, which didn't stop me from texting her non-freaking-stop, because I wanted someone to share my pain. Um, yeah, and I've never texted this much in our lives. Painful. I mean, I didn't get a lot of texts back. I sent a lot of texts. <laughs> if you looked at a text message, text messages would be five from me and then like an hour later Michelle would send me one. <laughs> so I was like constantly forced to do things. Mm-hmm. And some of it was fun and some of it was less fun. <laughs> yeah, so we went through hours of Sunday. I went through hours of Saturday. And made some intro music and spliced it in and saved it all and re-exported it all and then had to try and get it published. Which means, which nothing worked. Literally no part of the process worked. The first, the second, the third, the fourth, or the fifth time I tried it. And I ended up abandoning several different <laughs> First, we're like, we'll publish on SoundCloud, or we'll host our feed through SoundCloud. Well, yes, this is a well, we also refuse to pay for anything. Right now. If you haven't noticed, this is a free quality, as in no sound, like, yeah. So, and I was like, fine, I'll switch it to this problematic thing. And that got me more than SoundCloud, but still would have made me pay for plus. And so then I had to switch everything over to Archive. Which, which might mean that you're done with your little song. I apologize. We should have done. I might be a little slower than if you were used to getting podcasts that are hosted on SoundCloud or something like that. I don't think it matters because our feed is hosted. It does. Really. What? No. Whatever. I don't know what that means. I think they must are like... Now that I know how podcasts work, I still don't know how podcasts work. And they I just go through like 700 different. So they will host it on archive, and mm-hmm. then they go through Feedly. And then they don't go through Feedly, but that's fine. They go through Feedburner. Mm-hmm. They go through Feedburner. And then they go through iTunes. And it's like a lot of stuff. Is there another show I'm missing? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was <laughs> really scary. Believe it. It was horrible. I worked three days full time to get everything up because I was doing Instagram. <laughs> Legit, nothing worked. Yeah, yeah. I for like two minutes every day. So. <laughs> Once I got archived together, then you have to put them somewhere that a feed can pull from, which is an archive, apparently. And we're like, we'll use Tumblr. Guess what? It doesn't work on Tumblr. It doesn't sure. work at all. I googled everything and couldn't get it, so then I put them all on WordPress. I figured out how, why that wasn't working. Then I had to put them on Feedburner. And then the feed wouldn't validate when I went to update it to iTunes. I just want everyone to show my suffering. <laughs> I want you to know that it was like a plane crash showing a train wreck onto a crowded highway. <laughs> to quote the <laughs> so. Um, well, our Instagram is also up and running. <laughs> Very exciting. I'm gonna allow Michelle to pay me in the alcohol. Huh? <laughs> I said I'm gonna allow Michelle to pay me in alcohol. What? Okay, that's not how it works. I tried to help once, and Paige was like, 
No, um, you can't help me at all, so yeah, don't even talk to me. And I was like, okay. okay, I was telling her how I just wanted her to know that, like, the feed wouldn't validate on iTunes, and I couldn't figure out why it wasn't pulling the artwork from the right place or whatever. And she's like, oh, I'll take a look at it. But at that point, again, so I had been working for, like, let's count it up and just say 20 hours on it. So I felt like if she was going to come in at her hour zero and try and fix something I was on hour 20 yet, that I was worried things might go off the rails. Did you no. think you were going to be able to fix it? <laughs> no. I'm also... Anyway, we're going to move on from this. Sorry. Disasters. <laughs> so, you know, if you if you need to figure out how to launch your own podcast, um, I've already figured out a lot of things after several hours of Googling and troubleshooting and crying and drinking. Shout out to Tequila and Coconut Cream Pie. Anyway... And whiskey that I had the second week. Anyway, again, I'm just going to keep saying anyway until Paige stops talking. <laughs> stop. Um, so we read this week. <laughs> We're just oh. going to move on to this. Into the book we read. We read These Vicious Masks by Tarun Shanker and Kelly Zippos. Sure. Me uh, again, why do I all... I like, feel like I frequently am the one trying to pronounce these authors' names <laughs> and probably am the less phonetically able. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, another book written by two people. Right. Which is. I, like I could only do much. that if I really didn't like care much. If you care too much and you're working with someone else, like it goes down. If you both care a lot, like it's, and you don't. I mean, if you both have like the same perfect vision, right. sometimes it's too much. Did I try to write a book? <laughs> Oh my god. Um, Paige stops again. Okay, Lou, I tell her this in my podcast. And like I said, Michelle doesn't read a ton of money, but anyways. Anyway. Anyway, the point is, this book, this I book. picked this book because it was lauded on Goodreads as X-Men meets Jane Austen. Which to me sounds crazy and not like recommendation, but <laughs> no, but great. <laughs> Uh, but then I started it, and I was like, oh, this is a period romance again. You know what genre is what? Michelle really don't like? I didn't think it was, though. I don't it's like Jane Austen right there. Well, maybe I, like, totally forgot that I hated period romance until I read Blackmore, and then I was reminded that, like, hey, there's no reason I never read these. <laughs> um, it's just not my favorite thing, as I probably talked about, like, extensively. Yeah. But anyway, this is, like a period romance with magic, and so I thought maybe better, but there was not enough magic and too much period romance. <laughs> and I mean, there wasn't even it wasn't that, really honestly. We can get to that a little bit later, but I don't know. I don't even think the period romance element was fully developed here. Yeah. It was a lot of stumbling around. This but was not a great book. <laughs> we didn't totally like that. I So Nichelle picked it, and I was just like, whatever, I'll read it. It was one of those things that, like, I didn't pick it, but I was like, that's fine, we can read it, because it was on Michelle's list. We talked a little bit about our, our book selection process. Process, <laughs> a little bit. But um, I was like, fine, I'll read it. And I started it, and I was like, oh, maybe this will be good. Because I'm okay with historical fantasy novels. I like them. I think there's several good examples of them. And I quickly discovered this wasn't going to be one of them. <laughs> um, but for a, a brief moment at the beginning, I had some hope. And then I was completely like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, but we're going to try and give you the Twitter version of the plot. This is what we try to do every week. Uh, this time we're going to both stick to this it. This time we are. It's happening. It's going to be one minute and 60, 40 seconds. 40 seconds. Twitter's all one minute. Start timing. But <laughs> pictures and usernames and 
assholes are um, no longer going to count towards your character count, which is exciting. On Twitter, yeah. Oh, you should follow us on Twitter if you don't already. We're going to get funnier soon. Before we do it. Right now, the past like, week, which will be like a month ago by the time you listen to this, yeah. Um, we've just been trying to kind of like catch up. Because we uploaded 10 podcasts at once, so we're trying to catch up with everything, with the content we have. But now that we're kind of caught up on content on our social media platforms, now we can start doing more like original, less just like look at our podcast content. Mm-hmm. So all of our content will secretly be doing. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> that's how marketing works, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, now that we've let you know about that, <laughs> so this book. Okay, so there's two sisters, Evelyn and Rosalind, and this book opens. Okay, we said it set in the Regency-ish. Period. Um, they go to a ball where they meet. This is the beginning, very beginning of the book. They go to this ball and they meet some mysterious people. One is a Mr. Braddock, who Evelyn makes. Evan's like, oh, this is like he's very like Lord Byron, like, um, like brooding, mysterious, like hostile, but just really just like someone who's like putting that on his neck. Um, she continues to make Lord Byron references to like eighty percent of the text, which is like way too much for me. I feel like. Like, once would have been enough, and that would have been funny. And as a reader, I'm not a total moron, so I would have understood what she was saying. But then she kept going for, like, the rest of the book, and it got um, super annoying. I don't need to know that the authors know so much about Lord Byron. I would have settled for one reference. Like, but Some subtlety would have been cool. Definitely, yeah. By page <laughs> two, I think, I think it's page two. I think. It was very early, page two. One of my notes says, don't make the subtext text. <laughs> That's sort of how I felt about this. Um, so that's one of the mysterious people we meet, and they also meet this other guy, this other person, who's a giant. The point is that he has super strength or whatever. Yeah, they seem like left a character in the road. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that was weird. And then like, he shows up at the ball, and mm-hmm. he's like, hello. And the sisters are, like, no- well-known in the area for, like, being very good at, like, nursing people back to health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so supposedly the giant man was there to be like, can you come nurse my sister back to health? But then, Lord Byron <laughs> um, was like, nah, get out of my house, dude. Mm-hmm. There's an altercation between them, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of boring. It's kind of weird. Kind of a lot. I don't know. Mr. Kent seems to be really taken with Evelyn. There's the another person, Mr. Kent, who... Oh, we didn't talk about him. Mr. Kent just seems like a random dude. He befriends Evelyn um, because he's like, well, then you what do you want? And she's ball. like, cake. They knew each other before the ball. Okay. Well, they start to, like, they're, like, everyone seemed to know each other a little bit before the ball. Yeah, I think that's true. Except for these two people that they got introduced to, these two mm-hmm. crazy people. Anyway, yeah. So, Rosalind, so they go home, blah, 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 whatever. That's the beginning, and that's what happens eventually, which is that in the middle of the night, apparently, everyone wakes up in, well, in the morning, everyone wakes up and finds in the middle of the night, Rosalind has disappeared, and she left behind a letter with crafty, like, errors. Years, which is important. I've always thought about, like, if I were kidnapped, like, what sneaky years would I include? So my family and friends knew that I was being kidnapped. Good. My family wouldn't have a clue. Maybe they shall would. I feel like my family would just be like, we should, like, probably craft them. We can't say these on the podcast, <laughs> but don't worry, we're going to brainstorm some sneaky ways to make sure we don't know you're It's important. As a child, yeah. I, like, forced my parents to have, like, a code word that if I said it over the phone meant that, like, I was in which it was um, not a good code word. 
And I'm just gonna let you know that it was an animal. <laughs> um, which Probably I one that lived in a house. Yeah. Not one that lived in a house. One that lived in a zoo. And Panda. <laughs> 22 years old. Do you think you still need this? Yeah. It's like, it was Bert probably knows <laughs> the rap. Um, but, like, how was I going to subtly slip that yeah, into a conversation? Yeah, you might need like, a moment where you feel pain. I thought it was. I'll tell you, everyone. Oh, okay. zebra. How zebra. Gonna... Yep, zebra. How was I going to slip that into conversation? Um, I don't actually always slip zebra. So, anyway, so anyway. it was a crafty note. It, Evelyn's immediately like. Yeah, because it calls her Evie. Yeah, she's like we don't use those nicknames. And signed off Rosie. And also because like, she didn't take the right like the right dresses apparently. Yeah, she, she left behind her her favorite green silk dress. Which if you were going to London to nurse someone, would you take your green silk? Dress? But she brought like her really fashionable clothes with her. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Like not I don't her favorite clothes. Anyway, that was weird. But yeah, she said she was like running off to go to med school. Well, no, she yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So she. Evelyn's like, Rosie's been kidnapped. And her parents like, no, we are kidnapping the ball last night. Her parents are like, um, whatever. I think her parents probably like, fine. Go get dressed for church. <laughs> her parents are also like, we're gonna put out the story that she's with our aunt and uncle. And she until and she shows up there. Well, and they're like, when we get our first letter from her, because they assume she would write when she's settled, mm-hmm. then we'll go get her. Yeah, but we're just gonna hang out for here for a while here, pretend like nothing's happening because we don't have any money. We don't have any money for a dowry, so like, we better act yeah normal. We can't bring the family. So go pay your clothes on or go to church. <laughs> yep. Evelyn's like whatever. Evelyn hauls off to London on her own to go to church with her sister. Mister Kent meets her at like, the side of a road and like because her parents her are like, no, you can't take the carriage. We just told you you can't go. Yeah. And so she has to walk into town and she's bringing like a trunk full of dresses and so she's trying to like haul a trunk full of dresses into town. Which she didn't get very far. But it's okay because Mr. Ketch showed up. Yeah. So she basically they go to London, Mr. Ketch starts helping her look for her sister, they come across Mr. Braddock. Mm-hmm. They she had seen him briefly before she had left town and they oh, like okay. touched hands and there was like weird energy. And they're like, Ooh. And they're like, What? And she starts having okay, so then she gets into London and she starts having weird dreams. She actually had one dream the night mm-hmm. her sister was kidnapped. And it says, don't trust him. Him is pretty vague. Um, mm-hmm. It refers to about half the population of Earth. So. Yeah, and probably more than of the book. I feel this book is female. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so I, we didn't know who him was. I assumed it was either Mr. Kent. Well, originally, I think we're supposed to kind of assume. Yeah. As we go, that's Mr. Braddock. Because he's so weird. Because he kind of seems shifty. Yeah. But then later, as Mr. Braddock kind of comes back into the picture and they have more conversations. I was like, it's probably Mr. Kent. Um, it's neither. Spoiler. <laughs> They're both fine. Apparently. Yeah. So, she's having weird dreams that feature her old governess and she's tearing around London with both Mr. Kent and Mr. Braddock for helping her to look for her sister. Ending up in, like, more and more inappropriate location. <laughs> like, they end up in what is essentially a brothel. Um, yeah. Um, but they also happens to be prostitutes. prostitutes. So those white people. Yeah. Um. Like a super target. I have a target and a grocery store. <laughs> yeah, target and seven, six, And a grocery store. And. And then they, uh, they find out, they're like, there's Rose. She's performing. She's singing here. Mm-hmm. And so they chase her down. And they find out it's this woman who can, like, shape, shape shift. 
Yeah, or something. She like she's takes on appearances of other people. This is the part that I understand. So she's this other woman that they come across her with powers. Um, Are we talking about the guys have powers yet? No. <laughs> There's magic. That was the X-Men tangent that you mentioned before. They have powers. Yeah. So we find out that um, both Rose and Evelyn have like magical healing powers. If initially, we just think it's Evelyn that has them. Or just kidding. We initially we think it's just Rose, and then Evelyn's like, hey, I have them. And then we find out more about Rose later. Because mm-hmm. she's kidnapped for the entirety of this book. Yeah. Yeah, and it turns out that Evelyn is the one with healing powers. Mm-hmm. And Rose is the one. Her power is that everyone loves her. Maybe that's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I. It kind of seems annoying there's not There's not a like concrete benefit, but it would be nice if everyone loved you. Like, you could get away with a lot if you worked up here again. You know? Right. It would really smooth the way. <laughs> I feel like she doesn't use it that well. I don't think she uses it. I don't even think she knows she has it. Well, she doesn't know she has it. Okay. She's just really nice and she thinks everyone else is really, yeah, There's a lot of guys that are like, pretty obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. We come to find out that's why. But anyway, so there's this girl named Camille mm-hmm. that can like shapeshift and she like has to put makeup on still, but she like yeah. turns on other people. This is one thing that I found confusing about the book. Was with the introduction. I was willing to go along with okay, people have weird powers. Yeah, fine. fine. But then with the introduction of Camille, are they okay? Camille has these powers, but we see later because stuff happens. Um, Camille will just Camille plays both sides of this. Like she'll help Mr. Braddock and Mr. Kent and Evelyn's that contingent, and she'll help the mad kidnapping contingent, whoever's paying her more money, or whoever's paid her last. Like she'll work for both. She's only in it for the money, so she has no scruples. But with the introduction, when we get to know more about her powers, it seems like she relies a lot on, like, she, because she helps describe Evelyn at one point, but she's relying also on, like, makeup and on this, like, but stuff she, like, she changes her hair. She changes her hair. She, like, yeah. shrinks it. But then she also but makes her more muscled, and she's like, like, like give me 30 more minutes, I can change your voice. Yeah, that's what I was confused about, because, like, is this witchcraft or is it magic? And people who are like, what the heck is the difference between witchcraft and magic? So I thought it was magic in the sense that people have magical powers. And it's just like, arises, there may or may not be an explanation for it. But it doesn't have to do with anything really that they do on their own. Whereas witchcraft would be the casting of spells. It would be an intentional action that the characters are doing. Um, it's not something latent in them. Maybe, I mean, maybe the ability to do witchcraft is in it, but they don't have a latent... Like it's, so Evelyn has magical healing powers, but it's not something she does, and she doesn't have other powers. She doesn't have other magic, mm-hmm. and she couldn't do other things outside of healing. So okay. she's not casting anything, so it's not witchcraft. But then Camille seems like she's doing witchcraft with her, like, yeah. potions and spells. Um, yeah. So I thought the mythology about magic. As a religion major, I would just like to quickly point out, because we spent a lot of time talking about this in my religion classes, that, like, magic, the difference between, like, magic and witchcraft and things that are allowed is, like, totally made up. By like outliners, <laughs> like we like to put labels on it and be like, "This is magic. This isn't magic." But it's totally like it's an external putting on of labeling something magic versus witchcraft versus something else. Anyway, well, what is wait? What is what is religion? Think it's no distinction though. I'm just talking. There about is like, no distinction. They think it's an outsider, like putting on in order to label things and like categorize things as like acceptable versus not. acceptable. I mean, I don't believe in magic, because so I don't even know who in religion is like, well, that's magic, that's witchcraft, like, do they even Well, no, like, compared to religion, like, if you're talking about, like, uh, so, it often happens with colonialism, so, like, a culture that has a more, 
refined religion will come in and talk about uh, a tribal religion as magic or mm-hmm. witchcraft versus validating the term religion. Oh, I think they I understand that they're either terming it magic or witchcraft as opposed to religion. Mm-hmm. I understand that distinction. I'm talking about, like, I think not, and maybe, like, the real world, but again, I don't actually think magic exists, <laughs> but in terms of, like, in terms of these fake literary worlds, I think there's a distinction between magic and witchcraft. So magic is these powers that magically arise, and witchcraft is, like, their control through certain, like, spells or something. So, how do you feel about the magical wizarding world of Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's witchcraft. I think magic. Yeah, I think that's an example of, well, so, like, in the sense that, like, what do you find, like, magic is being used in witchcraft? Okay, so I think the distinction, <laughs> the distinction probably is, like, alright, the one I can think of right now is, like, best delineated in the All Souls trilogy, mm-hmm. Deborah Hardness' books. We're not recommending them because I'm saving them for, like, a really perfect book. I um, love those books. They're really good. <laughs> they're so good. So, in that, like, there is some, there's people who do spells to light candles, or they, like, okay. they're yeah. actually working spells, making potions, that's witchcraft. And then there's people who just have, like, and it can be combined, and then there's people that just have power like magic, like, um, can control fire, control water or something, and they're not, that's not something they're doing a spell to do, they're not actually, it's just something latent in them, mm-hmm. and that's like, that's a magic power, as opposed to someone who's doing witchcraft or that something. And sometimes it can be combined, you can have magic and witchcraft both. But here, I, it never got cleared up to me whether, because it seemed like it was just magical powers. People just had powers because they had them. Yeah. And then it seems like, oh, except for this one weird person who's doing witchcraft, but also seems to have power, but it's not explained. I didn't like it. I thought it, when, well, it's weird. I, I, don't know. I almost feel like she didn't need the makeup. She was just, like, bored. Like, <laughs> also doing that. But, that yeah, was, there's like, this really clear description, though, of her shortening Evelyn's hair, but by using that, like, I don't know, shampoo and condition. <laughs> she was, like, literally putting stuff in Evelyn's hair, and she's like, you can feel my hair shortening. I'm just like, what's going on? I don't know. Anyway, so, and I just feel like in a, there's so many good fantasy books that have really good world building. It doesn't matter. And really coherent. So anyway, we're going to continue no! on on our Twitter. There's so many good fantasy books that have really coherent, like, visions for this made-up world and have a really, like, think of, like, the Harry Potter series. Like, there's, like, clearly, like, yeah. someone's thought out the entire way it works. And they say just, like, I was not bothered by it. Whatever. I thought it was lazy and I thought it was sloppy. Also, I was like, Camille you know, probably didn't actually need this. She's just boring. That's my mm-hmm. reading of it. Again, I really like mixed things for authors. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah, whatever. They're running around London. They're running around London. They find out who is kidnapped her. There's yeah. this group of three men. Um, the strong man we saw earlier is the big strong guy. And there's this, like, chemist guy. And then. There's this guy, this really skinny guy. I don't remember any of their names, so you're welcome. Doctor Beck and there's Gabriel <laughs> Hale. Um, is that the skinny guy? Gabriel Hale. Yeah, there's this guy. He mm-hmm. can like open doors and like teleport people. Pretty much. Like yeah, just like magic invisible doors. But yeah, to have been in that space. There's like some rules. Yeah. Rules that never get explained. But <laughs> the, the big guy is really strong. We're attached to that, and then we find out that the chemist also can see into the future, but only like by a couple. Yeah, he has some ability to see future, but in some sort of limited way. Like, Alice. <laughs> I think it's like way more limited. I think so, yeah. But I think he can only see, like, what is directly happening around him in the next couple seconds. Yeah, I Which, like, seems really not But, yeah, like, helpful. I mean, more helpful than not. Yeah. Than not having it at all, but. Oh, I know. Okay, I know our skill. Anyway. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I just figured it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We don't do any planning, can you? Um, 
that we did plan. We did plan. We did just know like, the like list, but um, yeah. So this basically what's happening is that this chemist. I don't. I wouldn't call him a chemist. A scientist. I don't know if you know whoever. Mad scientist. Do they? Okay. okay. I don't know. This mad scientist person does. His name is Doctor Tech. He knows stuff about people's powers and how he. When we find out the previous connection to a lot of people, blah, whatever. He's studying people with these magical powers because he thinks there's a way to harness it. He's like, we can harness those healing powers for good. I mean, that's his story, at least. And he's going to do experiments on them. And he has no scruples about the experiments. So he previously had been working with Mr. Braddock, whose power, which we shouldn't explain, but his power, which is a bad power, really, is to, to like, kill people, essentially. And, like, no one, he can't touch anyone. And um, because it he makes like, him sick. Yeah, he like drains people's life. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Evelyn as a healer like imparts this life energy. And he as the opposite of a healer. A killer, I don't know. <laughs> if people are around him too long, um, or if people touch him for like more than a couple seconds, like it makes him really sick and can kill them. And then he's killing old people. He killed his parents and he killed yes. his best friend. And he, in at that time he didn't know that he had powers. Yeah. Um, and he just didn't he, know why those people were Right, and like, he like can't be around people for too long, otherwise they start getting sick. So like, if he's around the servants, they start to get sick for too long. Even if he's not touching them, mm-hmm. um, even just being around people for too long can make them sick. But anyway, that's why when Mr. Braddock and Evelyn touch in the beginning, they like have magic energy. Yeah, because I guess the energy is connecting each other out. Sebastian can't hurt her, and Evelyn can't heal her. Right, and when they're near each other, they can't use their powers. So. She can't heal people, and he can't injure people, but, like, they neutralize each other. Yep, so, so this crazy science person had been using him to, like, study his powers, and, like, he'd been forced, essentially, to kill, so he was locked in a room with some guy that picked him off the street, and, like, had to, like, kill him, because they couldn't get out of the room, so the other person died, and, yeah, so he captured those months of study or whatever. And blah, 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 they run around London, blah, 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 blah. Finally, they figure out, we're going to skip to the end, because who cares? They really just run around. they be like, oh, oh we're yeah. so close. Oh, no. Oh, we're close. No. And that's the book. 90% of the book. Yeah, they just run around. Um, they just run around. This is a little bit. Not up here. Anyway, in the yeah. end. Oh, we haven't explained who Mr. Kent before. Oh, yeah. So Mr. Kent, who I'm like, is suspicious of, so he yeah. and... I was like, he's definitely evil because then we like come to find out that Mr. Brown isn't evil. He's just like really reserved because he doesn't really spend time with people because he kills them. It's understandable. And then we're like, oh, because then I'm still thinking about this dream which said don't trust him. And I was like, I forgot that after three pages. But I was like, oh, so it's clearly Mr. Kent that we shouldn't trust. And then he starts to become a little bit more untrustworthy. He like isn't telling Evelyn things and they'll like show up in that part of London together and they'll be like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. At one point they're at a brothel and Evelyn is in disguise with a mask on. And he, like, tries to pick her up as, like, a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. And she's, and she eventually reveals that she's Evelyn, and he's like, oh, it's just kidding. And, like, oh, um, that's really probably not something you would joke about. Also, now, okay, this is the thing, just to interject for a quick moment, this is something that, like, it never gets really brought up again in the text, and I kept waiting for them to be, there to be, like, this altercation. And I'm sorry, if someone who has, like, been somewhat sort of courting her as the implication mm-hmm. before, if A, she comes across him in a brothel, I'm already suspicious. Also, he's probably taking care of the brothel. Like, 
there would be some heated words. Right. He on my head, I would be pretty freaking pissed. She asked him why she, he was a prostitute. He was like, oh, I was looking for your sister for you. And yeah, right. On. But also he propositioned a prostitute, like, not actually a prostitute, but Evelyn, who was dressed as a prostitute. Why did she decide to dress that way? It's fun <laughs> um, And you're like, that's probably not going to help me find my sister. Right. Sorry. Yeah, um, he's just like always looking for information. But that's a real, real thin story. Yeah. And I don't believe it at all. And I can't believe it. I can't believe we just like let that go for those people because I wouldn't have let it go. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we find out his power. He also has a power. And his power is that if he asks them a question, they have to tell him the truth. Um, which is kind of useful. Yeah. It's actually really useful. <laughs> yeah. Super useful. And he's like, Evelyn gets kind of ticked about that because she's like, you've been using your power on me this whole time. And he's like, well, I can't help it. Like, every time I ask a question, you have to tell me the truth. Yeah. Um, so he does say that he's avoided, he's avoided asking her anything, like, potentially deep for the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. And that like, was, like, one small idea. But again, he doesn't want to walk in that Yeah. So, um, so anyway, at the end, they're all, they're, like, gonna, they're ready to go in. And Robert, Robert, <laughs> well, Robert's just this normal guy that doesn't have any powers, but he's been charmed by Rose and then has decided to come save her. And so him, Sir Robert, Mr. Babbock, Mr. Kent, Kent Evelyn, Ms. Gray, the governess, and Evelyn, Miss Gray, everyone is like, all right, let's go save them. And this, remember the teleporting guy we told you about earlier? Maybe not. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> he was helping the chemist guy, and then he fell in love with Evelyn because of her charms, and so he's really helping them too. Evelyn. So there's like seven of them against like two. Well, he just them. showed up for a minute, told them where she's at. Or something and disappears. Whatever. The point is, they all get to this house where they find her through a chain of events we're not even going to go through. And there's a fight. Some stuff gets lit on fire. The house gets lit on The house burns down. They think the scientist guy gets killed in the fire or by being hit with a microscope. Right. So she injects, um, oh, so right. Evelyn injects him with sediment and mm-hmm. then the house is burning down. So it's assuming he dies. But um, with painkillers. So that's, you know, that's pretty nice. Um, I yeah. think it was only so he couldn't move, but, yeah, you know, but um, Robert dies out. No, Evelyn carries Robert out, but her sister's still upstairs, and so Sebastian, who's Mr. Babbock, and he made me a little confused, and I was confused, too. We just decided to start calling him Sebastian. No, there was a whole scene where Mr. Babbock, like, and it's supposed to be that they're, like, getting closer, blah, 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 Mr. Babbock more or less asks her to call, or, like, allows her to call him by his um, actual name, okay. and she does the same, that's what happened? It did. There was a moment okay. where it happened. Confession time, everyone. I read this last night. The whole thing. So I missed some parts as because I was trying to read it quickly. So I go Anyway, so yeah, and then so especially the fact he's burning half the day. Two men. They're pulling all these people out of the burning house. Right. Evelyn, who was also like come back into the burning house like two or three times, is like you know. She right. has healing powers, but she's also, like, been in a burning house three times or something. Right, so she's not doing too great. And then she's like, Sebastian, where's my sister? And he's like, oh, I took her out of the house, but I put her in the backyard. Which, like, seemed like maybe that's where they ended up at. I don't know. Everyone else in the front yard. He had to, like, and go back to get that. And then she, like, realizes that this wasn't really a bad idea, because guess what? Sebastian has healing powers, and Evelyn doesn't actually have healing powers. Rosamond doesn't have healing powers. Rosamond doesn't have healing powers. Only Evelyn does. And so she runs to the backyard and tries to save her sister's sister's all the time. Yeah. For real, her sister literally died in this book, which I was not prepared for. 
I didn't, I actually I never I never really considered this a sort of kind of why. Were we supposed to be freaking sister? No. I felt like this wasn't the kind of book where the sister died. No, it didn't seem like it's it to dumb. me. And at the end, the sister actually like dies. And I'm like, and I mean like so this book is actually a freaking series. But this is like her sister really is dead. Like her sister's not coming yeah. back in the next book. Or if she does, that would be just completely ludicrous. Because really, like time passes and we know the sister is dead. Like there's an extra show. Like the sister is dead. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was just looking at the end of this book. And so this uh, book was produced by Swoon Literary. Not Swoon Reads. Which is an imprint of an agency I've never heard of. Uh, and it's part of Macmillan Publishing. Oh, it's an imprint of Macmillan? Okay. On the back it says. Cylon Friends. I've never heard of them. Whatever. We don't I feel know. like, well, on the. There's, a job, there's like a. We don't um, know who published A job posting on the back. <laughs> it says, When a Chance Jersey by Macmillan. Didn't it say that? I have a sticker over my insect yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. Yeah, they're crowdsourcing books apparently. Um, <laughs> so if anyone's interested, you can go to said website and you can submit your own story. And apparently, people vote on it, and that's how they get publishing contracts. Great. Apparently, you're not gonna write a book. Ah, just anyway. Um, anyway, yeah, we're gonna submit to a bigger publisher. <laughs> Okay, that's how the story ends. Sister's dead. Who's dumb? Then we storyline for that. It's a freaking series. It doesn't seem like it should be a series. This should definitely be, I think it should be a one-book thing. Well, yeah, now, now <laughs> her, like, the whole crew is gonna go... Well, now they have to switch up because of... Well, how this is a print series is that they're all gonna set up... They're all gonna go searching for these other people with powers. And plus there's all these other... Apparently there's other people out there that would manipulate said people for said science. We didn't mention the science part. Like, Probably because it was them. <laughs> like, this is how evolution works. And I was like, I took AB Bio, and although in my AB Bio class, we like, yeah. one one day we like tested to see which part of our mm-hmm. tongue tasted sweet and sour and salty, which is not real science. Yeah. I still took AB Bio. <laughs> um, and we talked about evolution, and that's not how it works. You don't just like get powers, because that would be helpful. Yeah, if you were wondering, does it ever explain why some of these people have random, weird magic powers? Um, kind of, yes. Evolution. Technically it does. And it's sciencey. And it's, basically, they, they don't do a lot of explanation, which is probably good because I wouldn't have curious about it. But the explanation they do isn't very good. Saltation theory, apparently, is a part of evolution. And I I was, I thought they made this maybe that one. I looked it up over to see it this morning. Only to see that they decided to read the article. But apparently, saltation theory is about genetic leaps or something. Mm-hmm. Or evolutionary leaps. Um... Mm-hmm. I thought it sounded a lot like salt, so that's why I thought it wasn't a real world, a real thing, but actually comes from saltus, the Latin for leap, which yeah. if you know Spanish, you know salt so. I know Spanish, and I didn't connect the dots, so don't worry about it. I know Latin, and I didn't connect the dots. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody here is connecting the dots, not the author of us. Yeah, which, like, is a real thing, but I don't think, I don't In the sense it's a real theory that's out there, but I don't know if there's any, I mean, let me look it up again. I, maybe I should have read the article. I don't know how... It didn't seem convincing. Like, obviously, <laughs> there's some theories like that are like I'm pretty sure how we think things are happening, but I don't know. Like leaps, I feel like we'd be way cooler if there was a lot of evolutionary leaps and the manner in which this book is discussed. The sudden change from one generation to the next is large or very large. So non-gradual changes are atypical. But what's what would be an example of that? Is my thing. I can't think of anything that would be an example of saltation and evolution. Because that's like a very non standard interpretation of what evolution is. Right. Evolution, evolution is a change in the lifespan. 
No. That's literally not what it is. Well, and evolution doesn't claim that, like, your genetic structure would know what would be better for you. It's survival of the fittest. It's that, like, yeah. the people that would have the best genes would reproduce. Mm-hmm. This is what pisses me out most about people who are really into evolution when they talk about evolution like it's a, like it's a thing, like it's an entity that like guides things, and it's that's there's not mm-hmm. something evolution that's guiding things. It's something that's happening based on these other things like survival of the fittest. I know that's not what they mean, but it's what they make it sound like. <laughs> um, okay, this Wikipedia article is not super helpful. There's a lot of sections, but I am seeing examples. Current status, include cases of stabilized hybrids that can reproduce without crossing, cases of symbiogenesis. Okay, great, I know what all that thing, all those things mean. There is evidence for independent instances of saltational evolution in space moths. Okay. <laughs> so let's just, let's just go with not a lot, not really outside of insects or like bacteria probably. Um, so real loose. I don't know. I'm not really critiquing the fact that the, they don't really have a scientific basis. Like, it's a fantasy novel, so That's I guess fine. I shouldn't go But also, like, I'm like, why did you try to do a scientific yeah. at that point? Like, That's the part I didn't like. Was that it like, didn't make sense? Even I feel like novel. that's sort of like an X-Men sort of thing. There's yeah, this sense. idea, and it happens a lot in dystopian books, too. There's mm-hmm. this idea that, like, yeah, I guess some people true. have evolved to have magic. <laughs> yeah. But um, I hate X-Men and that stuff, so I'm not inclined to be sympathetic. Um, and like they they're just like a higher version of being human. Mm-hmm. It's trying, yeah. It's been trying to grapple with this larger idea of like what does it mean to be a human and like if you have magic, can you be still a human? Because that idea is not in this book. No. <laughs> you would really strain you. Oh, that stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna be writing your philosophy about this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I didn't like that. And for me it felt it felt very I don't like steampunk. It felt very steampunk, even though it wasn't. It wasn't steampunk, but it felt like it. Wait, Mm -hmm. is this Regency or is this Victorian? Because the whole time I got this Regency vibe from it, but then I remember that I was reading something in the back of the book from like the authors, and they mentioned something about Victorianism. I was like, what time? Because I don't know. It's historical. It's the 19th century. There was no corset extended metaphor. There was just one corset. She like wore a corset at one point, but. Mm-hmm. I was like really in tune with corsets because of that conversation we had about corsets and cage birds. <laughs> corsets yeah. and cage birds, <laughs> an examination of extended metaphor and period romance. <laughs> Torture extended metaphors. Yeah. Look forward to our academic article coming never. <laughs> coming never and in non existent publication. Our Tumblr, our Tumblr's. That's not happening. We've put a post on Instagram. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so I. A series of tweets. I didn't like the science aspect. It made it steampunk, but I didn't like it. And it's not to say that science can't be used in fantasy, because to go back to the Allsville trilogy, that's a really good example of, like, like legit science. By someone who's a historian of science, who's a, who actually knows what they're talking about, and it's mixing magic, history, and science. But because she's an expert on history and science, and is also good enough to, like, figure out the world-building part on her own, like, it works really well. We're still not recommending it, but saving no. it for the perfect, because perfect moment. So bad. This is so a bad. I think it is my favorite book. I really love it. It's one of my favorite series for sure. For sure. Like I was still not recommending it. Categorically, I would put it in like it would be the top in one of the categories. I don't know what category. Like, <laughs> it'd be top in an uncategorized category for sure. <laughs> but like a good one. Yeah. Yeah, so this book yeah, I'm confused. There's there's like a random love triangle set up that never gets resolved. Mm. 
I'm not the only one about Mr. Eagle. I'm still I'm confused. Sorry. I'm still confused about the Mr. Kent situation because he seems like I'm still confused if he's supposed to be. I don't know what. Yeah. There's a tangential title. It's called These Vicious Masks. One person wears a mask one time. I love it. And this title would make a lot of sense if this book was about Camille, the person who could change into any other person and can change other people into any other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, so yeah. the title makes very little sense. It makes her a pretty cover because masks are pretty. But beyond that, it's one of those titles where it's like this song's nice for the title, I guess, for them. And they decided to run with it, even though it has a very tangential connection. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for it. Huh? What would we title it? I wouldn't, because I don't have a title for it. <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know what I title it, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to look particular connected. Um, England in 1882. <laughs> what? So it has nothing to do with the period. Sorry, guys, it's a Victorian novel, it's not Victorian time. Apparently. That's why you're getting that stink, stink. But it's probably definitely a helpful part. It's sort of like magic. So honestly, the time period wasn't that important, like, it was back then, basically. Carriages and dresses and balls, that's basically all you yeah. know to get the time period. So uh, it's like where as your child when you like play princesses, that's like when it takes place. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was like my favorite game to play as a child. Mm-hmm. Just and I played three princesses, which it was called three princesses because there were three of us. And um, we went horses and carriages and went to balls. So perfect. I have three more things to say quickly. Okay, so for, so back to my note about don't make the subtext text. I wanna this is something that I feel like these like period YA novels do too much of when the characters like are monologuing their heads so much about like how much they don't like this and this is the most like at the very beginning she's like I hate balls I don't want to be married blah 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 and she's basically picking up all the like societal stereotypes and talking about how she doesn't fit those. To me, it's too much. I feel like if you make one, I feel like you don't even need to. I don't know if this is true and. I don't know if I can even think of an example that does this, because I think everyone does this in YA, where they like make it very overt, they make the subtext text. I feel like if you just drew a convincing character and had them go through the events, that you wouldn't need them to monologue in their head so much. I feel like as a reader, if you're not an idiot, you get the sense, you are, you should understand who the character is, without them monologuing the first three pages about how much And again, we got a very similar vibe from Blackmore. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that's continually annoying. And I think it's don't make the subtext text. I think a decent reader could figure it out. Alright, next item. Next item. <laughs> so, Evelyn doesn't know she has these healing abilities. But it turns out, after it's sort of revealed to her that she does, she decides to test it on herself by like cutting herself open in various ways, paper cutting herself. By herself. And they heal. And this is what I don't understand. Because by the time I was Evelyn's age, I had a million paper cuts. And I also had. Tens of thousands of straight knees and straight elbows, and like let all of this sidewalk, and I split my toe at one point and gushed blood and got twelve stitches, and like had the stomach flu and cold and infection, and like I never healed. My- if you had healing powers, wouldn't you have healed yourself? Wouldn't you? How would you well, know? One thing is they don't get their powers till fifteen, so she won't have two years of having that. Um, but still, like favorite, I slit my toe open the other day. I tripped over. I was mm-hmm. doing a collage on the floor <laughs> of my house at like two in the morning for my sister's graduation. And so there's people. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, my sister was so rude to me the next day, and it was like crystal. <laughs> I'm gonna punch you in the face. You woke up at 9 a.m. I have been up since 7, like fully up, but I woke up at 5. <laughs> Went to bed at 3, <laughs> so I'm gonna need you to be a little bit nicer. But anyway, um, so 
So I was standing up, and it was nighttime, and I tripped over my tape dispenser, <laughs> and I slipped my toe open. Yeah. And there was blood everywhere, and it was like 3 a.m. I'm leave that to dry and come back in the morning. <laughs> I had to like deal with it because it was like bleeding profusely, and I probably would have noticed right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It just happens. Sometimes you cut yourself. You're like cutting something, and then like, cut your finger. Mm-hmm. Paper cuts happen. Or, or even just, if it's also explained that she can heal, like, it's not just injuries, it's sickness. So, and maybe she I mean, can have several years of not getting sick, that's right. Cool. I don't know if, you, I don't know if you've noticed. I guess that's true. You wouldn't get the flu and then heal from it, you just wouldn't get the flu, right? Whatever. But the cutting thing is weird. Or, like, bruising, yeah. you just, like, don't bruise The more. fact that she's suddenly like, hey, I can give myself two paper cuts and I'll heal. Like, how long, why haven't you noticed this? Like, how do you drop a piece of glass? And, like, like I don't know, like, it's not like I cut myself Often, but I'm not like, setting out to do it. <laughs> but it happens like at least once a year for sure. How would not that? But I mean, they have a very confident existence. I, mean, I don't have to cook or anything. They're like, yeah, fancy people. Which that cuts down on a lot of cuts and burns. Yeah. <laughs> would burn That'd be really helpful. You could reach into the skillet, which I already do, but it'd be less painful. Do I have No, it'd be super helpful, but it would really be. And she started in, and then she just recovers like immediately. Yeah. Which honestly, with the burn is like probably the worst part because the fact that your burn hurts really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, then my last thing was that they spelled prey wrong on page 180. They spelled it like brave, like P R A Y E D, like they were like the Our Father. But what they were talking about was skulking around the corner of a room and they meant prayed P R E Y E D. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and in our last book, I heard mention this: a spirit from subtle poison inlaid with spelled wrong in one case. They spell it I N L A Y E D, and it's I N L A I D. If there is a spelling grammar in your book, by God, I would catch it. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle with spelling grammar. I like really don't know how to overcome this, and that was a point in my life. I'm like, shoot. <laughs> our example, or our, for the dichotomy, I don't think it's a dichotomy, it's the sort of throwing out there, between Michelle and I's ability to spell and grammar is that I both wrote a thesis, and in my like 80 page thesis, mm-hmm. it came back to me. So your readers, they do a last check of spelling and grammar after your, before your defense, after you get the papers back so you can change everything on the final copy. And I had three errors. And Michelle had, I think, somewhere above 100. And my thesis was closer to 45 pages, not 80. Yeah. So, um, mostly in the commas. And <laughs> also when I got back, because um, he did it on Microsoft Office, my thesis advisor, and so it was tracking changes, and it'll tell you how many changes yeah. it made. And when I saw how many changes, I literally just laid on my bedroom floor and cried. <laughs> it was really stressful. This is a stressful time. Yeah. She also thought that that meant that she wasn't going to be able to defend. I feel like I failed my thesis. Um, yeah, if you make a hundred comment errors, you're done. They just like they just touch the thesis. I thought I failed my thesis, and they won't let you defend until you have a passing thesis. And so I thought because I had so many comment errors, did anyone say this to me? No, would they have probably? I could actually go. Yeah, they probably would. But I thought I failed, and I thought I wasn't gonna be able to defend my thesis because I hadn't passed a thesis, and so I was gonna have to rewrite my thesis, so I could track my thesis, so I could defend my thesis, and I'm like, I'm off to school and. <laughs> I remember what happened, but 
Yeah, I just fixed the comment errors and sent it back to him like several hours later. And he said, awesome, great, thank you. <laughs> and then I cried in relief. I'm going to drink a bottle of wine. <laughs> Not a glass of bottle. <laughs> out of the crack out, out, out of the bottle. <laughs> Sorting Cecilia or the Enchanted Chocolate Pot, and that's the one title. Okay. We <laughs> call it Sorting Cecilia for short. <laughs> if you want to. And it's about these two female friends, so not sisters, but friends who live close by, and one of them stays home for whatever reason, one of them goes up to London, and they write letters back and forth. So it's told in letters, which could be really annoying, but it's actually it's fine. It's really good. Um, they're like long letters, so it ends up just being like, novel, like a novel, but just from the perspective of a chapter. It's very good. Um, it's by, I can't pronounce this people's name, um, Patricia Reed, W-R-E-D-E, I don't know. She's written several, like, historical fantasy books. And then also her co-author, because they each wrote one character, is one of my favorite people, because she wrote one of my favorite books, is Caroline Severmer? I don't know how to pronounce that S-T-E-V-E-R-N-E-R, you can tell me what that is. Um, she wrote a called in Magic, which is gonna be For saving that to recommend for again. I don't read it, so I'm not saving it. Moment. Michelle's not saving it, but I'm saving it. Um but this is a book they wrote from Cecilia. It is actually a series as well. So there's two more books and I know I complain about this book being a series, but this book wraps everything up in one book. So you could read it as a standalone novel and as a series, it's just is more added to it and it's not just like dense and plot lines that they don't appreciate in this book. It's really good. I like it. Yay. Yay. Okay. okay. So we're going to rate this on a scale of magic powers. Super powers. <laughs> so we're going to rate it on a scale from um, killing everyone you touch. <laughs> Which would be problematic. <laughs> Except, I mean, if you really needed to kill someone, that would be, like, super convenient. But for the entire rest of your life, it would be yeah. a big problem. And then the top of the scale is a little contentious. I wanted to call up the scale of mind control. And Paige wanted it to be flying. We're very different people. So you can pick the top, whatever you prefer. Um, but, but we are going to give this book uh, Breathing Underwater. Yeah, breathing Underwater would be a great power. You'd be a mermaid. So how often would you be able to use it, though? Okay, I can't swim, so I'd be using it all the time. How often do you go in water? If I could breathe under it, I'd go in a lot more. So really? I wouldn't you live in Colorado, so I don't know where you would go. That's something cool. Okay, they're closed during the winter. <laughs> you know we have indoor run thing. Yeah. What's the problem? I can also swim, so this is not as cold as possible. But anyway. If you could breathe underwater? I don't know if that's cool. This is a, a, I don't know. Anyway, there's definitely worth one. Right. 
要了长颈鹿的尾巴。<笑> Being able to disguise yourself, pretty cool. Breathing underwater is way easier. Like the president. We went to the Federal Reserve. Well, my aunt was in town. If it's boring, don't go. <laughs>、um, but they were all going like back into like the like the employees were going into like. You went to the mint. The mint. And no, I went to the Federal Reserve page. Mint would probably be way cooler than the Federal Reserve. <laughs> we couldn't get tickets to go to the mint because you had to book them like seven hundred days in advance. <laughs> anyway, we, tra-、sure、we only tried it three weeks in advance, so they didn't have any tickets left. So six hundred ninety-five. So we went to the Federal Reserve. There are people. There's this like glass hallway that the employees are walking down, and you really want to go in it. But like, I think no. But if I disguise myself as one of the employees, I totally could walk down the hallway. Okay, so Michelle wants his power so that she could walk down a hallway in the Federal Reserve, <laughs> and I would like to be a mermaid. So you tell me、I、which is better. Like the Obama, I could. Guys, I could take it because even country, I could. Disguise myself as a presidential candidate, even if you look presidential candidate, <laughs> and then become them. Even if you look like them, you wouldn't have the memories. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't say the right things, and you wouldn't have any of this. Like you would look like them, but you still have to talk your、no, way into whatever. Breathe underwater is stupid. What? You can just get scuba gear and look. You can breathe underwater. Have you tried scuba diving? It's horrible. I hate it. I can swim. Real scary.、Oh. Breathing underwater would be great. Anyway, that's all. Okay, if you want to weigh in on which power is better, obviously it's breathing underwater. Tweet us. You can you could tweet us at smartgirlsya, or you can write to us at smartgirlsyatgmail.com. Or you can tag us in an Instagram picture. Or yeah, we have Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at smartgirlsyatgmail.com、mm-hmm. on Instagram. Smartgirlsya on Twitter. Yeah, because Twitter sucks. They wouldn't let us. Yeah, I know. I tried to do my whole name for my Twitter. And、um, my last name and first name are too long. I can't do both of them. Yeah. So I don't know what's. And there's already like a Michelle G. And I'm like, anyway. <laughs> anyway, Twitter, Instagram, and email.、Um, rate us on iTunes. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs> rate us whatever you like. Unless you're an author. Unless you're Emily Walker and you're really dangerous. That we would allow you to podcast. Sorry. We're also、oh, on Goodreads. So、yeah. you can come see. We have like partial reviews on Goodreads.、Mm-hmm. So、you can come be our friend. And you can see what's coming up on the podcast because we have、mm-hmm. our two two read and are currently reading. I almost said two read, but I caught it in time and then I told you about it. So and we have reviews. Yeah, on time. You can find us everywhere. Because、yeah. social media is preeminent in our culture. We're not on、that、Snapchat、is. because But, we don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. We'll never see you. We'll never see you. Talk to you next week. Talk at you next week. <laughs> Talk at you. Talk at you next week. <laughs>